Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. Before we meet our new guest, I'd like to remind you about our partners at Bet Online. They are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source for the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, games trends, and your continued source for all sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or golf. Head to betonline.ag to receive your 50% welcome bonus on a first deposit. And make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. Episode 83 of the podcast welcomes Jaden Oberkrom, a former All-American kicker at Texas Christian University who holds several Big 12 and TCU records. After his playing career, he founded Oberkrom Kicking. And if I'm butchering your name, I apologize, Jaden, but this is the first time I've met you and this is my favorite type of show. I think this is a great way to get to know someone and I have a lot of respect for you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. No, uh, last name was good. You did good. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and... Um, and yeah, I played at TCU. And uh, I, but before we start, I got to say we're eleven and zero right now, man. So we're staring to the college football playoffs in the eyes, and we're two games away from it. So, man, I'll be honest with you, if we're because I do this little like pick 'em league with. There's about a hundred dudes in Daytona Beach area, and just it's grown over the years. But basically, the guy that coordinates or facilitates, he'll he'll pick thirteen games, and it's it's just straight up. We're not playing like spreads or anything, and I've done really well this year. Like I'm third or so. I'm not going to probably win it all unless I have a great ending this week. But I will say that I've had a very difficult time with TCU because I've doubted them on a few, probably two or three games where I was wrong. And so that's one of my least favorite teams this year in college football. But but it's for the <laughs> right reason. They kept winning, and I and, and finally I was just like, you know what? I'm so I rolled with the Horn Frogs for I'd say the last few. But I doubted you guys. And you know what I'm saying? You guys had some very tough games a few weeks back, um, consecutive games too. So uh, it's it's a neat program. And so I'm excited to talk to someone that that played there. Um, you had a phenomenal career there. Uh, so I'd like, because the majority of our listeners are, you know, high school kids that, that want to be where you were mm-hmm. or these these parents, you know, they, they want to support that dream. Um, I'd love for you to tell this audience, like, what are some things or a thing that stands out to you that helped you prepare to be successful at the FBS level? Yeah. So, so leading up to that, um, just kind of taking, looking back through high school. So I started kicking in eighth grade. Um, so I started pretty young, had the soccer background, um, and I got with a coach in the area and just started working and working and working. And I mean, I'll put it this way. So when I couldn't drive, I would wait for my dad to get home and I'd say, hey, dad, like, yeah, I'd like try to beg him to take me to the field, which he would. Um, but I mean, that was the drive and the passion that I had um, as far as the kicking game uh, when I was in eighth, ninth and 10th grade. And then I started driving myself um, and man, I was kicking, you know, four or five times a week um, in the winter, in the summer, fall, spring. I mean, I, I couldn't stop. Um, and then obviously lifting weights and and this is pre Twitter. So so instead of getting on Twitter, 
uh, we made a bunch of, uh, we made 50 packets of like DVDs and my resume and, and a couple of awards I had achieved. Um, and we shipped them to 50 of the colleges that I was interested in. Um, you know, Twitter makes it so much easier now, but, um, but man, I, as far as what I did, I kicked a lot. I self-marketed, uh, I worked out a ton. I tried to eat a lot and, um, and yeah, just, just try to let the game, the game tape, uh, speak for itself. I hit a 54 in a game my sophomore year. Um, and then I hit a 60 in a game my senior year. Um, so there's a lot of big kicks that, that kind of helps, but, um, a lot of the work was done behind the scenes. I did catch the one you posted the other day and you were like, you know, what was your biggest kick? And you shared at each level. And that was a really neat post that not many people can say they've done. You've made some kicks in games that are significantly long. And I'd love to go do a whole podcast with you and your thoughts about marketing oneself, right? Because kids that I see on Twitter and a lot of them I don't know, and I'm sure they do the same thing to you. They hit you up and can you help me? Can you you know, and I've never met the kids. So first of all, it's very hard for me. I usually what I'll do in that situation, if it's from Texas, I'll refer them to the closest coach, whether it's you or Egan Gatto. There's a there's a number of people in the country, mm-hmm. right? I want someone that I trust to put their hands on them and see if they're in fact good enough for the level that they think they are. Because all I can see on Twitter is one 60-yard field goal that you made. <laughs> out, of, out of the 15 or 16 that you attempted with a wind aid, that you can clearly see because your shorts are freaking going nuts, (laughs) right? And I think there's value in showing range. But I I also think these kids need to realize that these coaches are making these decisions to feed their family. And there's got to be a large sample size. So I liked what you said was before Twitter even existed, you were already marketing yourself effectively, right? You were doing these kicks and games. But I imagine that your training film and other things you put out there was showcasing your repeatability, Cause that's what I stress. I think that a lot of kids can hit a deep ball, but I mean, you're one of the few that, that gets an attempt outside 55 ever in their career at any level. Mm-hmm. And people don't, people don't want to say that out loud, but it's true. You know, the data, yeah. um, the expectation is that you can really, really thrive 40 to 50. And that's a lot harder than people think in games, right? It's easy off sticks. It's easy without a snap and a hole. So I'd love to, you know, I'd love to talk to you more. Maybe we can do another show on that alone mm-hmm. is what is it in fact that these college coaches are looking for and what is it that's like a waste of your time and theirs? Cause there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to shift the focus to, you know, after your playing career, you know, I commend you for starting overcome kicking. Um, it's, it's, it's hard The startup business, especially in the kicking community is difficult, but I think uh, people can do it if um, if their service that they provide is valuable. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I think you bring a lot to the table. We talked pre-recording about what it is I respect about you. It's much more than just teaching a kid, you know, foot positioning or, you know, plant depth and width. It's uh, you go further. You know, you, you want to talk about the person because the type of person you are is going to dictate your performance in a game, not talent. And uh, I think you get that. So I started, you know, fourth down you four years ago, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying to establish a brand. What was your motivation for starting this Obercrumb Kicking Academy? And can you name a few specialists you work with uh, during your short time doing it? Yeah. So uh, I remember when I, when I, so I, I signed with Jacksonville um, as a free agent, and they ended up letting me go a couple months in. And then Cleveland got me on waiver uh, the next day. And I was back home in Dallas when they got me on waiver. And I remember when I got the phone call from my agent about Cleveland, 
I was driving and I pulled over into like a random, I think it was like an apartment complex. And I, I kind of had one foot into kicking and then one foot into training. Um, the foot that was in kicking didn't feel good. <laughs> and the foot that was in training felt great. Um, it just, it was my calling. It's what I felt like I needed to do. And I, I sat in that parking lot and I just, I prayed. I said, God, like, which, which route do you want me to go? Um, and it was the clearest answer I've ever heard in my life. And it was, it was just like, Hey, like you need to go train. And so I ended up calling my agent back. I told him I was retiring at the age of 22. He thought I was crazy. My parents thought I was crazy. Uh, my friends that, I, you know, I thought they were friends, right. They thought I was crazy. And, you know, I just kind of took a leap of faith and started this thing with, with zero guys. I mean, you know how it is. I mean, it's, it's tough. You know, the first month, couple months, the first couple of years, it's tough. And I remember like I was, this is before I had a field to train it. We were going to some, you know, juvenile detention center that had two uprights behind it on some mud grass field. And that's, that's where I started. Um, and, you know, I've, well, I drive out there for one lesson and I was lucky if I had two. And um, now it's just super, it's such a big blessing, like how, how big this thing has gotten. Um, and I got to harp on TCU for a little bit because <laughs> one of those first kids I started training on that grass field was Griffin Kell, who actually hit that game winning field goal uh, against Baylor for TCU this weekend. Um, so he was like the third or fourth kid I ever started training um, and he was a freshman in high school or going to be a sophomore in high school um, when we started that. And so just kind of the the road he's gone to his dream school and uh, obviously the school I played at. Um, and we've signed other guys. We we had a guy sign with Michigan State last year, um, Arkansas, Georgia Tech. Uh, we trained the Texas guy, Burt, um, SMU guy, obviously Griffin. Uh, we've got guys all over and it's, it's been really cool how it's grown because the first couple of years we would sign some guys, but you know, I was teaching them when they were sophomores and juniors in high school. Um, but it's gotten to the point where we're training guys, you know, years, you know, since seventh and eighth grade now, uh, you know, going through the program for about five or six years um, who end up signing. So it's been really, it's a, it's a cool journey to watch them go through you know, middle school to high school and now playing on TV on Saturdays. Wow. That's cool about this weekend. Cause one thing I want to credit you on is we, we do quick steps and we also do like fire situations where you just kind of have to storm to the field and kind of find your place and take your kick. You know, you don't have time to go to the spot, tap your holder on the head, take your controlled walkbacks, find your 90, take your side steps, take your breathing pad. No, sometimes, um, they don't really allow that. Like the football gods say, we're going to let you win or lose this game now, but you have to do it in the next 12 seconds. Go. <laughs> and, and I have never been more impressed, especially with a Saturday kid uh, th that I don't know how many NFL guys would have handled that situation any better. That was phenomenal. And I don't think people realize how difficult that is, especially in that situation, because I see people on Sundays and training when we implement that drill and it's like, it takes them a number of times. So you had to have reviewed that with him, right? I mean, that's something you've done. Yeah. Yeah. We do that with guys every week, um, like a mayday call or a fire type situation. Um, you know, what's, what's interesting about what he was, you know, what happened that game. So he missed an extra point earlier that game, which is so weird for the kid because the, you know, Griffin's 12 for 13 on the year. Um, and the one he missed got blocked. And so, I mean, he really hasn't missed a kick all year. And 
for him to miss an extra point being, you know, four-year starter is just so strange and, and so out of place. So, so that kick was, was definitely redemption for him. It was really cool to watch him do that. Well, I'm even, even more impressed that you re- I didn't remember that, but I do recall now hearing that he struggled from the start and then he built off that. I think in our in our position, especially kicking uh, field goal, place kickers, whatever, it's inevitable that you're going to miss in a public setting. You're going to you're going to miss in front of probably a, if you play in for the right program like TCU, I played at Miami, you're going to miss in front of one point two million people if, if the situation's right. And that uh, it takes a special human being upstairs to to be resilient enough and to, to to have the faith which i want to lead into next faith in themselves but f- faith is a, is a word that it's all encompassing right i mean it, it goes further than yourself there's faith in your team um and and there's faith in maybe a higher being and, and we talk about on the show a lot that people have their whys so one thing i noticed that stood out about you is that you profess your faith and i wanted you to to elaborate on this a little bit yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, my faith is, is the biggest thing in my life. Um, you know, second to nothing, right. It's, it's gotten me in places that I I didn't think, you know, I, I could ever be. Um, and that's something I relied on, uh, when I was kicking in college. Right. So I remember going out for every single field goal in practice and in games, um, I would pray and I would pray the same thing every time I would say, God miss or make this field goals for you. And, you know, it's hard to mean that it's easy to pray it, but it's really hard to mean that, especially when you end up missing the kick. Right. Um, But I'm sure you can attest like I can't tell you I can't tell like I can't remember every field goal that I made, but I can tell you every single field goal that I missed um, just because not necessarily like it made me upset, but just because you learn so much more from the misses uh, than the makes. And it's been so true in my life. Like I've had a lot of stuff happened in my life um, that were makes that were really good things apart from kicking um, that I didn't grow as much in, but I've had a lot of misses in my life too, apart from, apart from kicking that, that really grew me spiritually and deeper as a person and a husband um, that man, I just can't explain it. I'd like to go further with that. So I was unaware, you know, when I have people on that, I don't know, I like to do a little homework. And the one thing I wanted to ask you and, and you wanted to talk about you're okay with it is is you battled something uh your health you know you you could have lost your life could you could you share a little bit about overcoming something that people might not know yeah yeah so back in in 2018 this month um i i went in for just a normal kind of i well i thought it was a normal checkup with a doctor and they ended up finding a tumor uh, when we were doing some scans and uh, obviously took the tumor out and he said that it was pretty likely that it would be cancer. And so, uh, you know, I was, I was 24 at the time. Right. And so when you're 24 in good shape and the business is picking up, you know, just got married, I was six months into marriage. It, it kind of, you're not expecting that, you know? And so um, I ended up having to do a little bit of chemo, um, not a lot, just a little. And, um, and man, it's, it's been a journey, but I think that whenever we experience something uh, really bad in our life, uh, we have two options. We either run to God or we run from God. Um, so I really took that um, opportunity to run to him. And the the blessings that have come from that um, have it's been insane. Uh, the number of people that the story has touched and 
Um, it's really put in perspective what's really important because I think you can attest to this, maybe just have being a business guy. Um, you know, a lot of the times I'm thinking business like, you know, minded and that kind of thing and trying to roll the business and get to this, you know, number and, and all this stuff and get this house and get this car and this marriage. Um, but man, when you, they say when you're healthy, you have a thousand wishes. Um, but when you're not healthy, you just have one. And so I've, I've been in both spots where I, I had a thousand wishes, a thousand things that I wanted. Um, but when I was sick and battling cancer, I mean, I only had one wish and it was to get healthy. Um, so man, it really puts a lot of stuff on the back burner that's not important. And the life lessons that have come with it is it's been breathtaking. Amazing story, you know, and, and we'll talk more on that because I think it's it's powerful. Um, it's not something I've experienced, but, you know, we all have our battles, right? We like I, I want to share this and I always bring this up on the show, too, is um, you're looking at people's highlight reel. You know, everything we consume, whether it's television, whether it's social media, everything is is only good news unless you want to hear the bad news and you listen to the news. But there's never really anything that people want to share that um let's just be like the this the background. Like I want to know, and I'm I'm more interested in when people tell me things that they've overcome without telling people. I think that's the that's the powerful stuff. I don't I don't need to see you bought a Gucci bag or you know, you're driving a, a range. I I really like the people that are, that are pretty quiet about those things, but but share because they have a good platform, they have a platform. Um, and they share that like, hey, I'm a human. Hey, I did this today. I messed up because I think that um, we're burying people's dreams, right? Especially these 15, 16 year old kids. Because um, I'm just relating it to kicking. It's like you're only seeing everyone's highlight reel, and it leads into my next question. You know, uh, it's recruiting season. You help kids. I help kids. In my opinion, that's what our first thing sh should be to do outside of teaching the kicking and punting art is to help, you know, place these kids in a situation where hopefully they can go and get a degree and just be a good fit, you know, because uh, all too often kids go above their standard or above the, their level because they want to wear a logo. Um, and I know TCU's got some great uniforms in great colors and I'd want to play for them, you know, but I might not be good enough. And I need to hear it from people like you or me that maybe I'd be better suited at a division two school and I thrive there. I might even get all conference and you know what, with confidence and development and time, maybe I'll transfer to an FBS program after a few years. Um, so on Twitter, I see a lot of uh, quote unquote, I'm blessed to receive an offer from, you know, and, and these posts are, I would say nine of 10 of those posts are nothing more than a welcome to a walk on. And they've, and the kids have gotten it on their own regard. They've applied, they've, they've done all the hard work and I commend them for that. But what they put out there to their peers is they got the offer. And that is a very vague statement. And I think kids take it for, oh my God, he got money and I didn't. I want you to share your thoughts on recruiting and the importance of these high school athletes and foc focusing on the things they can control, right? Because we can't control fake offers, but if we allow them, you know, to dictate what our attitude is going to be about how I handle my situation, I think that that's where the problem lies. What are your thoughts on, on this? Yeah, it's really funny you asked that. So I, I had the same um, conversation with a kid this week that I've been working with for the past five years. Um, so he he called me just asking questions about, you know, why other people are getting offered um, and he's not. Um, and he's a 2024 20, kid. So, I mean, you know, kicking kind of it happens pretty late. 
So it's still pretty early for that class. Um, so anyway, so, so he's asking me all these questions and he goes, you know, do you think this school will offer me? And why are these guys getting offered? And I said, Hey, all these things you're worried about are completely out of your control. I said, even if you go to, you know, a college camp and when the whole thing lights out, that still doesn't mean they're going to offer you. Like you don't control that. They do. I said, but the things you control are, you know, your performance in games, uh, your work ethic, you know, kicking on your own, you gaining weight and lifting, you know, in the gym every single day. Um, how many times you post on Twitter, who you follow on Twitter. These are all things you control. And the more you focus on the things you control, the more the things that you, the more things you can't control come into the picture and end up, you know, fulfilling the dreams that you had. Um, so I think a lot of kids that just get, um, you know, unmotivated and and sad just because you see other people getting uh, offers, you know, I'm blessed to receive an offer from fill in the blank. Um, and man, they, they say comparisons, the thief of all joy. And when you get on Twitter, it's really, really hard when you're, when you're not getting recruited and someone else is not to compare. And so, um, again, I, I think I'm right there with you, man. Just as, as long as we're focusing on what we can control, the odds of you fulfilling that dream skyrocket. Amen. You know, attitude is everything. I, I think we could say a number of cliche things, we've, but th these things are true. Um, it's just whether we apply them or not. Like everyone knows these cliche statements and the, this coach talk and even coaches, you know, there's a lot of coaches I look at sometimes I'm like, man, actions, actions are what I'm looking for. You, you say a lot of things, but you don't do them, you know? And I think that's important that we, as coaches, we, 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 we steer these people in the right directions. We're, we're transparent. I think that a lot of people um, get by on being vague, you know, uh, and they have to be right. I, these college coaches, um, until they sign on the dotted line, <clears throat> these student athletes are not theirs. So they've got to entertain a lot of, they got to date a lot of these guys, right. And entertain them and make them feel special and, and almost mislead them. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they are, but it is what it is. It's not the truth. So I don't know how you define that. Um, so I've got to be a bad guy sometimes. And I guess you do too. If you care, I think it's important to hurt short-term feelings for long-term gains. Um, because I think otherwise, if I lie to you in the short term and you find out later, it's, it's going to be worse. You know, I mean, I'm okay with you being mad at me right now. Um, and I think you're kind of like that. I don't know you too well, but that's the vibe I get from you um, because the way your players speak about you. So uh, with that being said, like for those that don't know you, those in the specialist community, coaches, parents, players alike, if you had one minute just to say something to the specialist community, uh, what would it be? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, 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 not to harp on what we just talked about, but I would, I would really just focus, I would control what you can control. Um, that's, that's how many times you post on Twitter. That's your work ethic in the weight room. That's your work ethic on the field. Um, your work ethic with your coach, uh, your game tape. I mean, all these things you control. Um, and we're kind of in an age where you can self-market and you can do all these things on Twitter, um, to grow your following. Um, and I think you've seen it too, is the people who sign the quickest with the earliest offers have been posting the most, you know, they post two, three, four times a week. And they haven't been doing it for a couple of weeks. They've been doing it for a couple of years and, you know, that their following grows and they're always on, you know, college coaches timelines and it's always popping up on their feed and all this stuff. 
Um, so, so not to harp on what we just said, but man, just control what you can control. I agree. I think, you know, being honest, I would say that most people don't want to hear that because it's harder. Well, that means I got to boy, I got to work more. Well, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm trying to say. Instead of complaining about someone else's situation, that's not even true. Maybe you should have been working on your own, you know, and that's hard to hear sometimes because then it implies they might be being lazy and whatever it is, whatever is going to motivate you to start taking action. And I, I, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And I just wish that more, there's more people that would, that would tell these kids what, what's really up, what's really going on and how hard it really is. And you might not make it. And I think that's okay because that, that, that used to motivate me when someone said, I don't think you can do that. That that was a motivator. And if, if that doesn't motivate you, then you definitely shouldn't play football, right? Be, because how often did you get challenged until you were named the starter? Probably a lot, right? Yeah. Probably a lot. Yeah. I remember when I was when I was a uh summer going into my senior year, I went to uh, a college kicking camp at Florida. And I'm not gonna say the guy who's running it, but he's a kicking coach. And um he told me to my face, he said, Hey, you will never play college football taking three steps to the side. Um, instead of taking two big ones, I took three small ones. And man, when he said that, I'm like, dude, like, I mean, I, to this day, I still think about it and it still motivates me. And, um, you know, in all humility, like I went to make the most field goals in big 12 history. I mean, it's, I, I made a couple of <laughs> field goals, dude. And, and I did it taking three steps to the side and we train guys now who take three steps to the side on TV. And it's, you know, I don't I don't think we can put kicking and form in a box. I think no. kind of like a golf swing. I mean, uh, Jim Furyk's golf swing compared to Tiger Woods's golf swing are vastly different things. Uh, Tiger's the best golfer of all time, arguably. And Jim Furyk has one of the lowest rounds of all time at 58. Um, and their golf swings are insanely different. Uh, and kicking's very similar. And so um, I was the same way, man. Like, I, I don't want you to tell me how good I'm doing. I want you to tell me how bad I'm doing. And that's what's going to motivate me to do good. I, I think the strong make it right. And I, I want to touch on what you said earlier, too, about it's it is ironic that the guys that do receive the offers in the end, they started early and they and they did it often. And, and the ones that get passed up that are equally as talented, their activity isn't there, right? They're not marketing themselves because they're more disgruntled about situations that may not be existing, you know? So all these things, all these things connect. They're all intertwined. And I do, I like drawing a parallel to golf too. Um, Jim Furyk is what we consider an outlier. He swings on two different planes. He might even swing on three. He's got a really, really funky swing, but I used to love watching his wrists and how they would kind of <laughs> fall apart at the top of his backswing. And then on the downswing, he gets set. And it's not something that many people could pro probably replicate, you know, but it was in fact his and it, and it was unique. And, and a lot of people, you know, uh, questioned it, but it took him to number two in the world at one point, to my understanding. Right. You know, I mean, let's let's be honest. So I also I also think that there's an ignorance to people who limit things. Right. To say yeah. that things are white and black. I think almost everything is gray. So I love I love seeing a new way about going about doing anything, especially field goals, right? I think that, like you said, punting it, punting, look at punting. Now it's it's so personal. I mean, there's so many kicks now and 
rolling out and I'm a three-step rollout or I do a one-step, you know, uh, end over end. Oh, I actually tilt mine here for a little bit of a draw. Um, it's getting, it's getting really skilled. And I think with, with that, with the emergence of people doing it and really good athletes embracing it, not, you know, um, not just pitching and quarterback playing anymore, but these guys are like, could do those things. A lot of these guys and a lot of these punters did play quarterback and were elite golfers. Um, I think, I, I think it's important to do do it your way you know there are rules but i think that you and i both abide by certain things that that we all believe to be true but if your process is not personal if it's not yours it won't work and i and i've I've learned that through my players you know i have to accommodate their needs to an extent Mm -hmm. so um thank you i know i went off on a tangent but you said some good stuff like you really got me thinking Mm -hmm. i'd like to uh as i mentioned earlier if you could just share a few ways that you prefer someone that could reach out to you if they want to yeah um so i'm instagram twitter um still old i still got facebook uh so instagram's just at j Chrome. uh twitter is over chrome kicking um we have a youtube channel it's just j Chrome, um which actually we're we started a podcast a couple weeks ago um that's kind of faith and football um so we dropped the first episode a couple weeks ago uh share my testimony on that last week um the title of that one is is how cancer saved my life so if you want more of the cancer story um that'll be a good one to watch and then we're going to have griffin kell who hit that field goal this week um on there uh, by the end of the week so yeah i'd like to hear that story Jaden, it, it was an absolute pleasure and it means a lot to me everyone at fourth mount focus that you're able to join us today Uh, Please give us a five-star rating review, subscribe to the show, share with a friend. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can reach me uh, at fourthdownu.com or on social media. Let's just give you an Instagram and Twitter is at fourthdownu. Thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. Uh, I hope this fall and this Thanksgiving season is treating each of you well. And then remember all things, give thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.